Well, good morning. Welcome to Rimrock Church. So excited that everybody's here. And what a beautiful day. And you got an extra hour to sleep in. That was sweet. I don't know if you actually could. I can never sleep in, but it's nice to lounge around in your jammies and I don't know. Hey, let's lift up the name of Jesus this morning. Amen. Sing with us. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is mine. Amen. Come on. Let the King of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, he is my song. You are good, good. You are good, good, oh, God, you are good, good, oh, yeah, you are good, good, oh, let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sail, the anchor Give the Lord a hand. He is good. 
sing that first verse again. Let's lift it up. Come on. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest praise, but only trust in Jesus' I do. In every high and stormy gale, my You know that this morning, sing it. My anchor holds within the veil. Christ alone, the In the Savior's love, through that storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Let's sing that chorus again. Come on. Christ alone, the cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through that storm, He is the Lord, Lord of all. When He shall trumpet sound Oh may I then in him be found Dressed in his righteousness alone Faultless to stand before Amen Faultless to stand Sing it Faultless to stand before the throne Christ alone, the cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through that storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. 
Let's sing that chorus one more time. Christ alone, the cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through that storm, He is alone, He's Lord of all. He is Lord. He is Lord. You may be seated. Chris Doyle. I didn't think of a song for you. Oh, I can't believe I didn't. Smoke on the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Okay. So Tom's on me about making sure I don't go over, and here he is taking time by playing Smoke on the Water. So good morning. I'm Chris Doyle, and welcome to Rimrock. Uh, I know we have some visitors here this morning. So glad you're all here. If you are coming to Rimrock, if you're feeling a draw to connect with the church, there's a card in the seat back in front of you. You can fill that out and drop it in the gatherings place out there. Somebody from the church will reach out to you and make sure you get connected. We've got some announcements this morning. The Fall Philip is coming. It's November 20th. The Fall Philip, the purpose of that is going to be to uh, ask you to consider supporting the expansion of our downtown campus and so be praying for that event November 20th really want you to come and join as well and be a part of that hear what the vision is hear what God is doing right here in Rapid City with that campus Doricus is having and many of you know Doricus in our praise team there's a, a shower for her and it's going to be on November 19th the bulletin says it's at 11 at real fork it's actually at noon and so that's in your bulletin, but change the time from 11 to noon. And then uh, we're having a workshop for grief, loss, and struggles. It's in, you'll see it on the inside cover of the uh, bulletin. Take a look at that. The holidays have a tendency to bring out sometimes some of our more difficult memories. And this is a great opportunity. It's also a time when we miss those around us. So. There's a, there's a class on that. Really encourage you to consider that if you feel it in your heart. Um, we had such an amazing trip to India. You know that Ben and Mike Hayes and I went over there on uh, October 15th. We were there. It was a 10-day trip. And so we've got some pictures to show. Janet, if you want to show that first slide up there. Um, so five years ago, our church, after about a three-year period of time, so Steve Balsley went to India in 2014 because Brian Den Hertog invited him to go. Brian had heard about a ministry there, said, Steve, you got to come to this. Steve really, when he told me about the story, he said he wasn't really drawn to do it, but Brian said, let's go. There was, a, there was not a lot of time planned for it. Steve went, and those of you that were here remember that when Steve came home from India, he was changed. He was noticeably changed. Well, over the course of the next couple of years, Rimrock was drawn in through Steve's leadership and through your support to make a commitment for five years to support 30 pastors that would go to an area of central eastern India that they considered to be completely unreached, that the, that the phrase Jesus Christ that the Christmas story has never been spoken. And so these 30 young pastors, their families, 
were trained up by IET. We supported them financially. You supported them financially. And we added prayer and updates to that over the last five years. Well, we finally got to go and we got to see what God is doing there. So our trip, once we got to India, we crossed through several different areas. We went from the northern part to the central part, and then we went really far down into the central eastern area, and then we went clear up to the northeast corner. But of interest this morning, I want you to think about what's going on there Wednesday and Thursday on that map, that southern part. That's the area that we supported and we got to go meet with those 30 pastors. Now, a couple of them have passed away from COVID and a couple of them are not with the ministry now. But there were 30 pastors there. We had traveled, oh, I don't know, 18 hours plus another two. It's a jungle, it's hot. Uh, the food is overwhelmingly different than what we're used to. Uh, we were exhausted with jet lag because it's 12 hours different in time and, it, and they, took us through the city at night because they didn't want the Americans to be seen going to this event because of the persecution. And we go into this training center and we meet our 30 guys. Now it was at night, this was taken the next day, but those are our guys. There they are. We shook hands with them, we listened to them, we heard their prayers, we saw their worship. But I wanna take you into that meeting because it was moving. So it's nighttime, the three of us are overwhelmed by the environment, the traffic, the honking, the poverty, the garbage, the smells. It's just, it's up here in this level. To me, it was exciting as heck. I'm not sure about Ben and Mike, but I think they were excited. And then we walk into this building at night. We don't know where we are. And we hear sound coming from somewhere. We hear beating and we hear singing. And Janet, will you put that four video up there. This is what we walked into. And so that was unbelievable because they were singing in Hindi. And the minute we walked into the room, they broke into the word Alleluia. Mike, Ben, and I, between our tears and our, the air being taken out of our lungs, we were able to actually say those words out loud with them and sing with them. And Ben and Mike, I was so blessed because here on my left, I've got Pastor Ben, my pastor. On my right, I've got Mike Hayes, who's basically been my pastor for about 15 years since I joined Rimrock. I was sandwiched between the two of them, and they were talking about in heaven, we are all going to praise Jesus together in the same language. We actually experienced it that night in that room, and it was beautiful. And let there be no doubt about something to each and every one of you that knew about this, that thought about it, or have said a prayer or written a check and supported this. They love you and they are aware of you. They're not aware of your money. They're aware of your prayers, your fellowship, and your friendship. And we were, we were on your behalf so blessed to convey that to them. And then the week went on. We went to villages and uh, I don't have enough time to, to do 10 weeks. They, everywhere we went, they put flowers on our neck. They gave us scarves. 
They were so gracious. They're, the, this lady, if you'll hold this, Janet, we were at a church in a village in the northeast corner of India. This is amazing. The church asked for prayer. The three of us had to break up. They want us to pray for them, which I can understand Ben and Mike praying for people, but I am not qualified for it. And yet, it, it happened, and it was beautiful, and the Indian people come up to about right here on me. So when I'm praying, and it's okay to touch a woman on her head if she says you can pray for her. So I got my head, hands on their head, and it looks like I have baseball mitts over their forehead. Well, anyway, we, we prayed for about, I would say, 40 minutes in this church. Every single person wanted prayer. There were some incredible things that happened. I'll share with you if you ask. If you could go back to that. When we came out of that church, can you go back to that, Janet, to that lady? That lady was sitting, looking at us. Not there. That's the alley leaving. But at the church door, she was sitting there with those two men. I thought those two guys were actually their, her sons. It turns out the man on the left, right behind her shoulder, that's her husband, just you can tell by looking at the picture now the pastor came up to me and said there's a lady over here that needs prayer and then ben and mike we joined up and we go up to her what does she need prayer for well she can't walk well how did she get here they carried her in the chair in that plastic chair and i said is she a member of the church and the pastor kind of chuckled and he goes oh not at all she's a hindu lady and i i didn't laugh at her internally i'm going to describe what happened to me inside i started laughing and i said why would i have to pray for her? because the story we know about capernaum is that while jesus was preaching the friends brought the paraplegic to him the gospel says that jesus said to the people is it by my power that he's healed or is it by the friend's faith and he said it's by the friend's faith that went through me and I thought these two sons the husband and the son brought her to a Christian church and they're not Christians they have to have faith why would I have to even pray and so internally I had this joy-filled laughter and I, I said may I put my hands on her and pray and she she nodded yes so I I touch her the the ch the church members kind of gasped and I looked well, I just prayed to her, said, Jesus, honor her request. Whatever that miracle is, whether she walks or she becomes a Christian, you do what you're going to do for her. And she was trembling, let go of her. And I found out after we left the village, <laughs> we are untouchables. Lepers are higher on the list than we are as Christians. A, a dog is treated with more respect than a Christian. When she said I could touch her, she became an untouchable in that village. She surrendered her position for the Christians to pray for her. That's unbelievable. And I wanted you to see that. You were with me and Ben and Mike. You were with us on that trip. I'm going to be sharing at, at, 11, at, at the 11 o'clock service in the gathering space. If you want to see more, hear more, I've got more videos and pictures. I'd just love to share it with you. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your prayers. It matters. I will tell you right now, there are no less than four pastors in India right this minute watching this at 9 o'clock in India. I will guarantee you they're watching this live. They watch every week to see what Ben and our pastors are preaching. They love this church. It's a unique relationship God has blessed us with because it's a friendship. Mm -hmm.
Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for letting us be a part of what you're doing on the front range where the message about Jesus Christ is spreading. God, these pastors give up everything. They're beaten, they're stripped, they're humiliated, they're injured, their families are, are persecuted in ways I don't want to describe out loud. And yet, God, there is no turning back for these men and their families. They will not turn away from Jesus Christ. And so we ask that you honor them. And God, thank you for letting us be just a small part of what you're doing. Amen. Psalm 116, 117, 118. And this is what the Jewish people would sing on their way to Passover. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing praise. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, His love endures forever. And for the life that has been reborn, His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever, forever, forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever, forever. And ever. Amen. Here we go. From the rising to the setting sun, His love endures forever. And by the grace of God, we will carry on. 
His love be endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, oh sing praise. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever, forever. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever, forever, forever. You are the everlasting God, Lord. You are the everlasting God, the everlasting God. Yet do not faint and you won't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like yeah. Let's sing this thing. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord our God. He reigns forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer. Yes, He is. You are the everlasting God, the everlasting God. You do not faint and you won't go weary. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like eagles. Blessed be the name, Savior. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. And blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Amen. Come on. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to pray. Yes, I will. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. And blessed be your name 
On the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering, oh, blessed be your name. Here we go, come on. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to pray. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Yeah, 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 blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name. And as Ben comes up, let's sing that one more time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. God. Blessed be his name. Wow, what a blessing to be in his presence with you. Uh, I want to correct one thing uh, Chris said. <laughs> he said uh, he wasn't qualified as pastors, but I don't know if you guys realize last Monday was Reformation Day, and one of the truths that came out of the Reformation was the priesthood of all believers. The beauty of Pentecost is God has poured out His Spirit on every single one of His followers. And so, so blessing doesn't come through a title of pastor. We're, we're all priests in the kingdom of God. We all have access to the Spirit of God that dwells in us. You are brothers and sisters. We are brothers and sisters. And we have the same power in the name of Jesus. It doesn't come from our titles. It doesn't come from our positions. It comes from Jesus Christ. Amen? One of the great joys of the trip for me was actually watching God work through Chris. <laughs> um, there were so many times where uh, people were coming for prayer, and, and Chris would be on his knees. And on his knees, he's the same height as the <laughs> people. But, but to see the love of God work through that man was uh, a great privilege. Would you join me in praying? Lord, thank you for your people. That, Lord, we are a kingdom of priests. That we don't need to go through a man or... A church or organization that that we are the church we are the temple we are the people that you've inhabited with your holy spirit to bring hope to this dark world to bring light into the dark places to bring healing where there's brokenness god and we see it we've experienced it i've tasted and i've seen god that you are good and that you can work through your people to bring hope in this world Lord, we uh, come to you this morning in need of your word. <laughs> We've been bombarded all week with uh, messages and things, gaining, trying to get our attention. But Lord, we've set aside this hour to say, Lord, we need you. We need your word. We can't live on our own. We need you, Lord. Lord, I think of this week of those in our body who've been in the hospital, those who've faced trials, those who've experienced uh, hard things. Lord, I pray for comfort and strength this morning. I pray for renewed hope. Lord, we do pray for healing. 
Lord, I think of this week, we're, we're coming up on a, an election as a nation, Lord, and uh, it feels dark sometimes as we look out at what's happening, the divisions, the things, the evil that's crept into our culture. And God, we want to do our part, we want to vote, we want to be responsible, but God, as your people, we're saying, we need you, have mercy on our land, have mercy on our nation, Lord. Turn us back to you, Lord. Lord, we've wandered so far, and we need you, Lord. Lord, we're desperate that our land would be a place of blessing, of hope, and restoration, instead of a place of division and evil. Lord, we need your help. We need your mercy. So God, we cry out to you. We look to you, God. And Lord, as we open your word, I pray, Jesus, that you would speak to us and that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Mark chapter 14. We have walked through this amazing uh, gospel, this amazing story of Jesus Christ. And uh, Mark has a very clear uh, purpose in writing this. Peter was probably the, the source of giving testimony to the reality of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He knew Jesus probably more than anyone else. And Mark is recording this. And, and it says at the very, good, very beginning, verse 1, that, that he's writing this so that we may know that Jesus Christ is the Lord, that he's the Messiah, that he is who he claimed to be, fully God, and that he came into this world for a purpose to save and to deliver us from our sins. And so one of the interesting things about the Gospels is Jesus lived for three uh, years, but most of the Gospel is centered on one week, <laughs> the final week of Jesus' life. And, uh, and so we've been already started that week as a church. We've been in there, and we call this as Christians a week of passion. Uh, this is Jesus' passion. This is God's passion. This is why he came, and he's, he's revealing himself uh, to us. And so we're in Mark 14, uh, right in the middle of that week of passion. In fact, he's uh, coming to the end of that week as he heads to the cross. And he's told his disciples three times, I, I came to die. <laughs> I came to go to the cross. I came to be rejected. Uh, but I also came to rise again. And so let's uh, go to Mark chapter 14. And I'm going to ask uh, if you'd be willing to stand in honor of God's word. As we read this, starting in verse 12, and it will be on the screens, and you can follow along in your Bible or the screens. On the first day of the festival on leavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. By the way, that's unusual in Jewish culture for a, a man to be carrying a jar like that. So, so this would have caught their attention. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house as he enters. The teacher asks, where is my guest room? There I may eat the Passover with my disciples. And he will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. And the disciples left and went into the city and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. And when evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve, and while they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And they were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one 
It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips the bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. And while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood from the, of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus said, you will all fall away, he told them. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the cock crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. You may be seated. There's a lot going on here at these final moments as Jesus um, is with his disciples. But I, I, I have three uh, main things I think God wants to uh, bring out of this passage for us this morning. The first is God's provision. The second is our need, humanity's need. And third is God's intervention. God's provision, our need, God's intervention. So uh, this past week, I, every Thursday, I meet with a, a group of guys, and we, we're going through the book of Revelation, and uh, we, we started talking about time, <laughs> and uh, time's a, it's a funny thing uh, to think about time. We, we are uh, time-bound creatures. Uh, last week, I shared with you Isaiah 40, and it says that we are like grass, <laughs> right? The grass withers, and so we are mortal creatures. And that can be a little scary to realize, but I, I think it's actually a gift. I, I, as I get older, as the more I think about this, I think it's a gift uh, to be mortal because we are not gods. We're creatures. We're made as human beings. We're made in the image of God, but we're made mortal. And I think God has a purpose in that. But what that means is that time is important to us. <laughs> time matters to us. Because we have limited time, right? We don't have infinite time. We have limited time on this earth. And so as time-bound creatures, we always live with past, present, and future, right? We, we have watches on. We have clocks. This week, we set the clock back, right? right? So we're always thinking past, present, and future. And when I come to this passage, this story of Jesus time, is, uh, this story is pregnant with time. <laughs> time is of the essence. There is, this is a time uh, uh, impassioned moment in human history. In fact, as, as Christians, we believe this is the, the ultimate moment of all time, both past, present, and future. All time is bound up in this moment because here we have God, the creator who lives outside of time, infinite Eternal being, we're going to celebrate Christmas, has come into time. He's become time-bound. He's become a creature, a human, as we are. He's become mortal, as we are. And in this moment, 
we are realizing <laughs> the infinite <laughs> clashing with the finite, with the mortal, with creatures who are time-bound. And what we see is Jesus, fully God and fully man, interacting with us in human history. <laughs> he entered our story. He entered our history. <laughs> I don't know if that makes you amazed, but it blows my mind. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything more mysterious or wonderful or beautiful that God would come into time and that he would inhabit. As John says, the word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. And so this is a, a time-bound story. I love what Paul says in Galatians. He says, but when the fullness of time had come, I love that phrase, the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, incarnation. Christmas is coming, right? This is a big deal for us as Christians, that God became man. God sent his forth his son, and born of a woman, he became one of us. Born under the law, he became a Jew to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons... <laughs> God has sent his, the spirit of his son into our hearts. That's, that's what I was talking about. We are, we are brothers and sisters. We are called by God. We are filled with God, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if you're a son, then an heir through God. Paul, I think, sums up this whole Mark 14 passage in those few verses. As only Paul could, filled with the spirit, God divinely revealing something so mysterious, so profound, yet so transformative for me, for you, for our world. Whether we're sitting here in South Dakota or we're in India, it's the same mysterious power that God is doing something in us, past, present, and future. So, you know, it was interesting when I was uh, planning um, this series of going through Mark, uh, I was actually going to end the series a long time ago before we got to the fall, but as we went through, as the preaching team, Nick and, uh, and Bill and I, as we were going through this, we were like, it's too much, we're going too fast, we've got we to gotta slow, <laughs> slow down, and so we've got to stretch this out so we spend more time to really meditate in, in Jesus. And so uh, we didn't plan to preach this passage on a communion Sunday, <laughs> but God, in the fullness of time... Do you believe that God has marked out your life? That nothing happens by accident? That God's in charge of your time, my time? That he knows the number of your days, my days? Do you believe that? <laughs> That's what I believe God is revealing to us in here. Here, Jesus, throughout the gospel, has said, it's not my time, it's not my time, I'm not ready yet, it's not time. Wait, wait, wait. But now, on the first day of the festival, Unleavened Bread, verse 12, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, they said, where do you want to celebrate the Passover? The time. <laughs> the timing. <laughs> Jesus is saying, I'm in charge of the time. And the time, the fullness of time is being revealed. This moment is being revealed. The present is being revealed so you can understand the past, the Passover, what happened in Israel's story and what's going to happen in the future. It's all in this time. You know, as human beings, uh, we're really messed up on our time. Either we're, we're living way too much in the past, <laughs> or we're living way too much in the future, and so many times we can't enjoy the present, right? Do you struggle like I struggle? How many of you struggle with worry? 
right? Anxiety. I've, I've been anxious before. I've even had panic in my life before. I've, I've struggled with this. Because, we, again, we're time-bound creatures, right? We, what's going to happen? Is it going to work out? Am I going to live? Am I going to survive, right? <laughs> we go on a trip like to India and we ask, am I going to make it, right? Am I going to survive? Like, we, we, we're time-bound and so we struggle. We have anxiety. And so verse 13 through 15 tells us something about who God is, who Jesus is in the fullness of time. Fully God, fully man. He sends two of his disciples. Go to the city. I've provided a way. <laughs> it's going to work out. The disciples are like, how's this going to work? How are we going to celebrate the Passover? How? They're thinking about the details. Are we going to have enough food? Are we going to find a place? How are we going to do this? And Jesus says, don't worry. I got it figured out. <laughs> I'm going to take care of you. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I take care of the birds and the flowers. How much more will I take care of you? Do you believe that God can provide for you? That's a, that's a core part of our faith. That God is our shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So God is the provider. And we see that here as, as the disciples walk into the town and, and the room is arranged, the place is arranged, and they prepare the food there. Everything is there. The food, everything they need is provided for. God is our provider. I, I'm amazed as I've gotten to know you, as I've gotten to know uh, believers everywhere, we all have provision stories. I bet you have a provision story where there was a time where you were anxious and worried and wondering, how's this going to work out? And yet God provided. Can I give you homework? <laughs> Am I allowed to give you homework? Would you today take time to share a provision story with someone else? It may be someone here. It may be a son or daughter. It may be a grandchild. It may be a neighbor. It may be a friend. Share a provision story. How has God provided for you in the past? Think about it. Remember those times where it felt like, this is impossible, how's it going to work out? And God provided. We sang, he's a good, he's good. We sang it this morning. It's true. Look at your story. Remember that God is the provider. Share the story. <laughs> Share the story. When we were in India, we heard so many provision stories, story after story after story of God providing. In fact, most of the believers we met came to Jesus Christ because God provided for them. They were, they were healed of sicknesses. They were healed of all kinds of things. They were delivered from demons. It was like we stepped into the book of Acts and everyone had a story of God's provision. And it was so overwhelming because story after story of people coming to Jesus because they realized he was a provider. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Jesus is teaching his disciples, is that he's a provider. That's what he's reminding us in the story, and he's reminding you that he's a provider. And all of this points past, present, and future. Jesus is saying, remember the Passover? Remember when God provided for the people of Israel who were enslaved in Egypt? No way out. <laughs> No, no hope for a future, and God provided a way out. And he not only provided a way out, he provided a lamb to be sacrificed. You see, 
that this story is embedded in the past, the present. And Jesus is reminding his disciples, today I can provide for you. I can provide a room for you. I can provide a place for you. I can provide food for you. Don't worry. <laughs> I am the good shepherd. Second point is our need. Our need. If we are truly not gods, if we are creatures, people made in the image of God, humans, then we have to realize that we're not gods, which um, is harder than it sounds because I, I believe in all of us there's this God impulse like we see in Adam and Eve where they desired to eat the fruit because they wanted the knowledge of good and evil. Only God can handle the knowledge of good and evil, but somehow we think we can handle it. <laughs> somehow we think we can figure out our past, present, and future. We're not able. We're not gods. <laughs> We're humans. We're mortal. And there's a gift in accepting that and realizing that, embracing that as a gift. But because of sin, because of sin, we have a struggle. And I think there's three aspects of sin that are highlighted in this story. There's a rebellion against God. There's a betrayal in our relationships. And there's human effort that would try to, try to earn or perform our way to righteousness. We see it all in this, in this moment. So, I don't know how many of you over the last few years as, uh, you know, usually we think of the dinner table, lunch, some of you guys are going to have lunch today, as a place of joy, right? Because you're sharing with family, with friends, and we eat with friends. We eat with the people we're closest to. But it's also a place of pain, right? And how many of you over the last few years have had major fights? <laughs> around the table, right? You start discussing politics or an election, and next thing you know, everyone's mad at each other. I think it's interesting that the last meal Jesus has with his disciples, remember, these guys love Jesus. Jesus loves these guys. I mean, th these are the people he's the closest with. But the first thing he talks about is, someone's going to betray me, <laughs> right? Talk about unloading, right? This, like, bring tension into the table, bring tension into the room. But Jesus did it on purpose. You know, we come to church, and we clean up pretty good. We put on nice clothes. We put on our smiles. But inside, if we're honest, we're all struggling with something. We're all dealing with something, right? All of us have sin in our hearts, and there's things that are too big for us. And Jesus rips the curtain, right? He, he pulls the, the, the facade off. He says, things aren't as pretty as they look. Look what's happening. There's someone here whose heart is full of betrayal. Deception is seeking to destroy me and destroy our fellowship. And so Jesus, he, he removes the facade and he gets to the heart of the human condition. We can't pretend that there isn't sin in the world. <laughs> Jesus, he exposes us for who we really are. Jeremiah says the human heart is deceptive above all else. And that's what Jesus is revealing here, is that there's deception in our hearts. There's pride, there's greed, there's envy, there's jealousy, there's a desire for greed, and there's pride, and there's content, there's resentment. Remember the first family, Adam and Eve, that they're sons 
one killed the other one, right? And that's the story, that's the human story, is we, we hurt each other, we betray each other, we betray our trust, and we feel so alone, and we feel so hurt because of what's happened, because of sin. It's destroyed our relationships. And we see the effects in our world where nations are destroyed, and nations fight against each other, and people are against each other. And Jesus, in a sense, he, he pulls a veil on the whole human story in this one little meal. <laughs> He's exposing us for who we really are as sinful people. We have to face that reality. We have to look openly, honestly, at our reality. It's interesting here because Jesus talks about Judas betraying him, but, but he doesn't identify Judas right here. And it's, isn't it interesting that the other disciples didn't even suspect Judas? Like, they didn't know who it was. They, they said, is it me? <laughs> like, am I the one? Like, they all, they all were, like, questioning, like, like where, where, where am I in this? And then we have Peter, right, verse, starting in verse 27. Peter's saying, like, man, I would, I would never betray you. But, but what does Jesus say? You will all fall away. Now, let's not miss this point. Like, we're really good at figuring out who the bad person is. Like, like we want to find Judas, and we want to blame Judas and say, say yeah, it, it, this world's a mess because there's Judases. And it's true. God will bring judgment on the Judases of our world. But the problem is deeper than just a few people that we like to blame. He says, you will all fall away. This is what Paul says in Romans. He says, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. No one is righteous. There's no one who can say he's without sin. And so Jesus, he doesn't let anyone shift the blame. He doesn't let anyone say, oh, it's, it's their fault. The, our world's a mess because of them. It's, it's because of the Judases in the world. Jesus says, I'll take care of Judas, but you need to know you will all fall away. You will all disown me. And so this is the third part of our sin. Not only is it rebellion against God, it's betrayal of our relationships, but it's human effort and performance outside of God. This is the story of Tower of Babel, right? Where people said, Let, let's come together and let's build a tower. If we just work hard enough, if we just, if we just discipline ourselves enough, if we, just, if we just grit it and grit it and work hard, we can do something and we can become better people on our own. And Jesus says, no, you can't. Peter says, I will die for you. I will do it. And Jesus says, no, you won't, Peter. <laughs> None of you will. This was the problem with the Pharisees, is they thought they could achieve their own righteousness apart from God. As humans, we are not enough on our own. And this gets to our third point. We need God's intervention. <laughs> and this is the good news. We need God's intervention the Bible says that Jesus came to the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And so Jesus became man, but he doesn't look at our mess, even though he was sinless. He doesn't look at us and, and wash his hands of us and say, you know what, they're just too much of a pain. They're too much of a bother. They're too much work. I'm just going to leave them. That's not what God does. <laughs> he loves us enough that he wants to do something about it. He wants to rescue us. He wants to deliver us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God provides. 
Remember, he reminded his disciples, I'm going to provide. <laughs> if I can provide for the arrangements of the Passover at just the right time, don't you think I'm big enough to provide for your sin? We want to trust God, and, and many of you have prayed for God's provision, and you have those stories, and I want you to share those stories. But if God is big enough to provide for you in the small things, how much more can he provide for you in the great things, including dealing with your sin and my sin and the sin of all humanity? And so Jesus, instead of looking at our need and running away, he turns towards us. I would even argue, based on this passage, Jesus even turns towards Judas. If you remember, Jesus even washed Judas's feet. Like, this is, a kind of, this is a radical kind of love. And he turns towards us, and he says, he says, I will give. He says, take it. It is my body. He gives us of what is most important, most precious. He gives what we most need. He gives himself. As truly as God is only able to deal with the, with the curse of sin, he gives what is most precious to himself. He gives himself. He doesn't just give the leftovers. He gives everything. He says, take this. This is my body. And in other uh, um, uh, gospels, it says, broken for you. Because he knew our broken state, and he needed to give what was whole, what was right, what was free from sin. And then he took a cup, and he gave thanks, and he gave it to them. He says, this is my blood. Blood is a picture of life. There is life in the blood. If sin is a cancer that is destroying all of our relationships, that is destroying everything around us, then we need a transfusion, right? We need, we need new life, because we can't do it on our own. And so, so there's an intervention, and he gives his blood, his life, and says, live, live, live. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And I'm going to invite the uh, servers, if uh, elders, and if uh, those who are uh, ushers, if you don't mind, would you pass out the, the bread and the cup? And what I want you to do is, as it comes by, I want you to take it, and I want you just to hold on to it, and we're going to take it all, all together.
because we are time-bound creatures, we have a past. But Hebrews says that the sacrifice of Jesus was sufficient once and for all, for all sins, past, present, and future. So when we come to the table, we, we realize we're sinful. 
that the grace of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus is available. But notice, he also says, I will drink it anew. <laughs> There's a future of hope. We are not defined ultimately by our sin because of Jesus. There's a new future, a new creation, a new hope. And so we drink realizing we're sinful, but God has provided a way to forgive our sins. But he's also provided for our future. So we don't have to worry. <laughs> he's taking care of it. So let's eat together this bread and remember Let's drink the cup, remembering his blood. It says in the gospel that they sang a hymn, and it's from Psalm 118. I want to read these words as we close this time. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord, he is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live. <laughs> We're alive because of Jesus. And proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it's marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it to this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us with boughs in his hand. Join in the festival procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Yes, it does. Let's stand and sing that chorus one more time. Praise the Father. Praise the Come join us on Wednesday night up here for a meal and Bible study, and have a blessed day.